This podcast is presented to you by High Desert Word Center in Barstow, California. For more information, visit hdwc.org. Amen. Let's give the Lord a shout of praise tonight. Amen. It's good to be in the presence of the Lord. It's good to be in the house of God. Amen. Amen. I saw the weather was getting kind of nasty out there. Did anybody else notice that? But hey, look at this, a great turnout on a Sunday night, a fabulous turnout on a Sunday night because weather will not stop us from hearing the word of God, will it? <laughs> amen, amen. Well, the title tonight is this, and this is something that I want you to get uh, because it's absolutely true. Uh, the title is Jesus Likes Doers. Jesus Likes Doers. Uh, you know, do we have any doers in the house? Do I have anybody that just likes to talk about it? No, don't raise your hand. No, 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 no. But Jesus, he likes doers. And, you know, we, there's a lot of people that I know and that you know that, that they may have a lot of scripture memorized. They may have, you know, well, I've heard that verse a thousand times and that's really nice and that's really good. But are you obeying the word that you know? Because it's nice to memorize a lot of scripture. It's nice, again, to, to, to have all that down, but it, it doesn't do you any good until you start actually obeying what God's word says to do. Amen? Come on, that's, that's the absolute truth. You know, you may know that, the, that God's word says to love your neighbor as yourself and to turn the other cheek. You may have that memorized, but it's not going to do you any good until you actually start obeying it. You may know that God's word says in Mark 11 that you can say to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea. And if you don't doubt, but believe in your heart, those things that you say, you will have whatever you say. You, you may have that memorized, but until you start doing it, it's not doing you a whole ton of good. And I want to get the maximum effect. I want to get the full effect of God's word in my life. And so tonight we're going to look at uh, the importance of obeying the scripture and the word that you know, because Jesus likes doers. Amen. Say that with me. Jesus likes doers. We're going to open in prayer. Then we're going to look at a few things here. And I believe that the Lord is going to speak to you tonight. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord, uh, for the, the wonderful crowd of people we have here tonight, God. The weather couldn't hold us back or anything, God, because we put you first. We seek your kingdom first. And, Lord, I pray that as we open our hearts to you, as we open our Bibles tonight, God, that you will speak to us, Lord. You'll show us what we need to see, Lord, and, 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 and you'll, you'll tell us what we need to hear, God. I pray that you'll change us for your glory. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray and we say it right now. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. All right, the first thing we're going to say tonight is this. Number one, if you are a hearer only, you're deceiving yourself. I'm gonna, and I didn't make that up. I'm going to prove that. But, but let me say that again. If you're a hearer only, you are deceiving yourself. And almost as harsh as it sounds to say, it's not enough. It's not good enough to just hear God's word. That's not the stopping point. That's not good enough. Let me show you something here in James chapter 1 and verse 22. James chapter 1 and verse 22. We need some, we need doers, right? We, we need examples of good people. You know, I was thinking about just someone like Lawrence over here. I, what a, a good, a godly example, an influence that he is to, 
to the younger generation. We need guys like that. Amen. Amen. Come on. Let's hear, let's hear a shout out for the godly influence of different people. Amen. All right. James chapter one and verse 22. And it says this, but be doers of the word. There's that word, but be doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving yourselves. Wow. There's a lot wrapped up into that one verse right there. Be doers of the word and not hearers only. Now, the sad thing is, is that there's a whole lot of really nice and good people, but they are only hearers of the word. Maybe they've sat in church. Maybe they listen online to things. Maybe they, maybe they, you know, they, they love hearing the word of God. And that's wonderful. That is awesome. That's a great first step. But if all you ever do is hear the word and you don't ever do what it says, you're deceiving yourself. Now, and, and listen, I don't want anybody to deceive me. Being deceived is a very terrible thing. When you find out that somebody deceived you and pulled the wool over your eyes, that kind of rubs you the wrong way, doesn't it? They deceived you. But what's worse than being deceived by somebody else is deceiving yourself. Fooling yourself. That seems, that sounds like a really hard thing to do, but apparently it's possible for you to be the very one deceiving yourself. Because there's a whole lot of people, yeah, I know what the word says, I've heard that, yeah, of course. You know, somebody brings a problem to you and, well, you know, the word says, I know it says that. Heard that verse a thousand times. I know it says that. Don't preach to me, man. I get it. I have heard that. Well, it's very apparent that they're not doing it. And they're deceived. Because here they are, they think you're preaching at them, and all you're doing is, hey, you know, it says in uh, you know, Luke 6, 38, given it shall be given unto you, or you know, whatever the verse is. And, and, and here they are, they're thinking, I've heard it so many times of, duh, of course. But they're not doing it, and they're so deceived that they can't even see that. Isn't that a sad state to be in? Have you ever been there? I know I've been there. I've been in times where I've looked back and like, oh my gosh, of course. The, the Word of God had, the, I've known this verse since I was three years old. I should have been out of this this storm a long time ago, but I wasn't actually doing what I know the Word of God says. And doesn't that stink to prolong the storm? Doesn't that that's just terrible to 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 let a bad situation go on and on in your life when you had the answer the entire time? And so I want to look here at the next couple of verses. I was in the New King James, and I'm going to switch over to the NLT right here. But verses 23 through 25. It says, for if you listen to the word and don't obey, it's like glancing at your face in a mirror. You see yourself, walk away, and forget what you look like. But if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, and if you do what it says and don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it. I keep seeing this word do a lot. Do, 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 doing, doing. God blesses those that are doers. And and I'm telling you right now, it is a beautiful thing when you come across somebody that is actually a doer and doesn't just, I mean, have you ever known somebody that they have, they're, they're a know-it-all? They've got advice for every situation. You could be having a conversation about auto mechanics or something like that. And, and, and this is a person, they don't really know about it, but they, oh, yeah, I'll tell you what you need to do right now. Okay, so what you, you've done that yourself? Uh, well, no, but I read about it. 
Okay, so how many cars have you actually fit? Well, I've never touched one, okay? But I've read all about it. That's not good enough for me. I need somebody that's actually done something in that area, right? I don't want somebody giving me marriage advice that, that, that that's, you know, been married ten times or something. I don't want, I'm sorry. You know, I don't want somebody giving me financial advice that's not a tither. I don't want somebody telling me how to raise kids when they failed miserably. I, I'm, I'm saying I want somebody that's a doer and has something to prove it, right? Come on. I mean, that's, that may sound rude and that may sound harsh, but I don't like people that are just talkers. I like people that can deliver because they're a doer of God's word. And it says right here, how foolish is somebody like that? It's like looking at your face in the mirror. Can you imagine if you looked at yourself in the mirror before you came to church and you had just had like, let's say you, you, you had a bunch of yeah, frijoles. You had some beans all over your face, right? Come on. You, you went out to Jenny's or Los Amigos or whatever, whatever your spot is. And, and you just, you tore into it. You made a mess of that plate. And then it's all over. And you look in the mirror like, wow. <laughs> I just, and you don't do anything about it. You saw the issue. The problem was presented to you, but you didn't do anything about it. You just left it. You had every chance in the world to fix the problem because you saw it. It was made apparent that mirror did you a favor and it showed you what was wrong with you. But it's up to you if you're going to do something about it. And listen, if you take a hard look into God's word, it will show you what's going on in your life. It will tell you the truth. It will show you what's messed up in your life. But it's up to you to be a doer. The word itself won't do it for you. You have to be a doer of God's word, right? I mean, this isn't that complicated of a thing to get here. But if you are a hearer only... You're deceiving yourself. And I can look back, as I said, man, I'm not blaming anybody else. I've got, I'm pointing the finger at me. There's been many times in my life when I've looked and and when I've been honest and said, you know what? I know what God's word says to do here. I could quote that verse backwards and forwards. I could quote 50 verses on that exact topic backwards and forwards, but I'm not doing it. And here I am in a mess and I can't blame anybody else. I knew exactly what to do. And so we've got to apply God's word in our own lives. Come on. We got to apply God. You know, sometimes I've looked back and maybe I've seen somebody making a mistake. Don't they know the word says to do this? Don't they? They they know what God's word. But then God would speak to me and say, yeah, but don't you know that my word says for you to do this? Anybody? Okay, it's cool. It's cool. You know. But but what I'm here to say is quit trying to apply scripture to everyone else's life and start applying it to yours first. Because it's real easy to apply. Oh, man. Yeah, every, that guy, he needs to get that together fast. He need, he knows what the word. I, I, he's a mess and he knows better. He knows what the, that's fine. OK, yeah, true enough. But what about applying the word to your own life first? That's something for us to think about. I want to look at Luke chapter 6. Luke 6, verse 41. I remember one night I had preached a sermon, I don't know, four or five years ago. And it was uh, it was on forgiveness, I think, anger and forgiveness and stuff. And this lady comes up to me and she says, man, I am so glad you preached that tonight. And I, and I thought she was going to say it really helped her. She was like, 
because my husband so needed to hear that. That guy, I tell you what, he is a mess. And, and she starts telling me all this stuff, and I'm like, and I'm just going to be straight up. This was probably the most uh, torturous woman to be around I've ever been around in my life. I'm, she, was, she was a mess to be around. I, she was, it was, you, you left a conversation with her, and you felt like you got hit by a truck or something. Like, man, she, just, oh, she was so negative and rude. I'm like, why couldn't you have heard that for you? That could have been applied to you. If you would have taken these same verses and applied them to your life, I'll bet your husband wouldn't be the way that he is in the first place. I'll bet if you would have just applied it to you for a minute and quit trying to fix him, quit trying to fix everybody else, it'd probably do you a lot of good. But here we are in Luke chapter 6, and we're going to look at verses 41 and 42. And there's a lot that could be that we could get out of these verses right here. Luke 6, verses 41 and 42, it says, And why worry about a speck in your friend's eye when you have a log in your own? Hmm. Any loggers in the house tonight? No, don't raise your Why worry about a speck in your friend's eye when you've got a log in your own? How can you think of saying, hey, friend, let me help you get rid of that speck in your eye when you can't see past the log in your own eye? Hypocrite. First, get rid of the log in your own eye, and then you will see well enough to deal with the speck in your friend's eye. Now, notice Jesus didn't say, never, ever, ever help somebody with the speck of their eye. Never, ever, ever. Don't you ever help somebody with their issues and the speck in their eye. He didn't say that. He just said, get the log out of your eye first and then go right ahead and help them with theirs. And, you know, so some people would use this. See, Jesus said, don't ever, don't ever meddle. Don't ever get, don't ever try to tell anybody else. And he didn't say that. But he said, you need to get rid of the telephone pole that's blocking your eyesight before you go and pick out their toothpick. You know what I'm saying? We've got to deal with ourselves. We've got to apply the word. We've got to start getting some big. We've got to start being a doer in our lives. And then, praise God, we're able to start helping some other people and, and, and helping them deal with their issues as well. And that's called victory. That's called victory. God wants you to be able to help other people. That's a godly thing to do. But you've got to be able to deal with your stuff first. And so, number one, if you're a hearer only, you are deceiving yourself. And that's a very sad way to be. And then number two, if you're a hearer only, your house will fall. Now, I'm not talking about your physical residence. I'm talking about your family, your household, your life. Well, why would you say something? I didn't say it. Jesus said it. Luke chapter 6. You're already there. Just look up a few verses. Luke 6, verses 46 through 49. And so here's Jesus in the exact same chapter here. He says to these guys, so why do you keep calling me Lord, Lord, when you don't do what I say? Well, we've preached on that enough times. But Jesus says, I will show you what it's like when someone comes to me, listens to my teaching and then follows it. Okay, so the guy we're getting ready to look at, this is a doer. He came to Jesus. He listened to Jesus' teaching, a.k.a. the Word of God. And then he obeyed it. So we are getting ready to look at somebody that is a doer and not just a hearer. So verse 48. It is like a person building a house who digs deep and lays the foundation on solid rock. When the floodwaters rise and break against that house, it stands firm because it is well built. 
Man, that's powerful. That is that is a powerful life right there. Here we have a guy that a storms came against him. He, he, he came to Jesus, just like you've done. He heard the word of God, and then he did something about it. Now listen, it took him a while. He had to dig deep to lay that foundation. And sometimes, laying the right foundation, it is not just an, an instant process. You've got to dig deep. It takes a little effort. It takes a little bit of time. And sometimes people are like, well, I came to church. Foundation laid. Check. What's next on the agenda? No, you, you came to Jesus, but then you need to listen to his word, and then you need to obey what it says to do. There's three steps to this guy's life right here. He came, he listened, and he obeyed. He had a three-step process, and it turned out beautifully, because even though storms came, his house stood firm. It couldn't break that house down, because it was well-built. It was built on a solid rock foundation. Well, you guys know the rest of this story. Look at verse 49. But anyone who hears and does not obey is like a person who builds a house right on the ground without a foundation. When the floods sweep down against that house, it will collapse into a heap of ruins. And isn't that, I mean, that's, a, that, that, that's so, that's crazy for somebody to, to build their life. To build their house, to just go out there. Imagine you go out there, down there at the end of Soap Mine Road, you hit the river bed, like, this looks like a good place for a house, let's just start putting up boards. So you start, you start putting boards in the ground and, hey, we better get shingles, we better, we better go ahead, let's suckle this thing, we're ready to go, man, this is great. I guarantee you the winds that we're having later tonight, they'll knock that sucker over in one night. That's insane, that's stupid. You could build a mansion, and it could look beautiful, but without the right foundation, it is nothing at all. And there's some people that we look to in this life and in this world, and it seems like, man, what a life. Whoa, they've got everything. They, they, they've got all this money. Everybody thinks they're beautiful. Everybody thinks they're, man, what a life. Then you find out that life was built on nothing but vanity and lies and, and emptiness because a storm comes and pfft, the whole thing is, I mean, look at, you know, I, I, I pick on Hollywood, but it's for good reason. Those people are nuts. <laughs> I mean, come on. You see these people, yeah, well, they're on their, you know, 10th marriage and, 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 and all this stuff and they're in and out of rehab and, and they're, they're billionaire. What's going on? They've got a terrible foundation. They've made money and their ego and their own happiness their foundation in life and storms come and just whip them all over the place. But then you see somebody that they may have never been a millionaire, but they're married to the same guy for 50 years. You know, their kids love them. They go to church. Their kids serve the Lord. They're not rich. They're not famous. But they've got a solid life and a great family. And I'm like, I would give me that. Please give me that any day of the week. And, you know, I think about, uh, I was just... Uh, it came up on my timeline the other day. Last year at this time, well, a few weeks ago, we were in Rhode Island for my grandmother's funeral. She was 95. And so the buildings out there on the East Coast are super old, like really old. I, you know, I, some, I've talked to people out here, and, man, you should see this church. It was, it, was, it was built in, like, the 1920s. It is so old. It's not really that old. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's, that's really not that old. Uh, the, the first Baptist church in, uh, in America, the denomination started there, is in Providence, Rhode Island, and I think it was built in 1640. 
I mean, that's what going on, what, 400 years or something there? That's, it's really, really old. But it's still there. I should have put the picture on the screen. I took a picture in front of it. It's just, and it's this beautiful building. But I promise you that that building has seen some storms throughout the last 400 years. I don't care where you live. If you've been around 400 years, you've seen some things. You have experienced some bad situations, yet it's still standing there beautiful. Why? Because the people that built it took the time to do it right. They took the time to build it on a solid foundation. You know, I talk about the house that Katie grew up in. It was built, it was, they added on to it, but the original part was this log cabin from like the 1870s or something like that. Super old. And, and all, I, I know. We've seen dozens of tornadoes whip right through there, man. I've seen houses flat, but this beautiful house is still standing 150 years later. Why? Because the builders took the time to do it right. I'll bet it was hard. I'll bet it was difficult to get the lumber up there. I'll bet it was hard to to dig deep. We didn't have all this modern equipment, but they did it the right way. And it's still standing. That's a beautiful thing. Why? Because they took the time to build on solid rock. Now, we could look at our lives. If we were honest with ourselves, what is the real foundation that we've built our house upon? You know, I'm preaching to a Sunday night crowd here, so this is generally the the most holy of the bunch. (laughs) But at the same time, examine your lives for a minute, okay? Examine your lives. Uh, What is it that we've built? What is our foundation? Because you are only as strong as your foundation is. And I have found out that Jesus and his word are very, 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 very strong. And if that's my foundation, I'm not going anywhere. I am not going to get knocked down. My family is not going to get knocked down. My household is not going to get knocked down because God and his word are the foundation. We're doers of the word. We need more doers. And I can tell you this, Jesus really, really likes doers. And and again, we've seen in so many areas of our life where someone, they, they talk about it all day long, but when it comes down to it, Talking about it is not enough. You've got to actually be a doer of God's word so you are not living in deception. And notice something else Jesus said there. I've said this, I've preached this many times, but I just want to quickly make note of it. Jesus asked the guy, the people, why do you call me Lord when you don't do what I say? Because Jesus is not your Lord until you do what he says to do. Jesus is not your Lord until you live your life in obedience to his word. You may be a fan. You may be, you know, a great, you know, yes, yes, I love Jesus. Yeah, and, and, and that's fine. And, and you, may, you may really like him. You may just really, really have a great liking for Jesus. But he's not your Lord until you start living in obedience to his word. Because there's a lot of people that have made Jesus their savior. They're going to heaven, but they've never made him their Lord. They are still their own Lord. They're still their own boss. And they wonder why they get into the messes that they get into. Why? Because they're deceiving themselves. We're talking about people that have heard the word, but never been a doer of it. They're deceived. And they're running in circles. And their life is a mess. They have no foundation. They did not make the word their foundation. Don't be like that. Be like guy number one we just looked at. That he came... He listened, and then he did what the Word said. Amen? Can I get an amen in here tonight? 
Amen. And the third thing I want to say is this, is that there is blessing in obedience. There's, there's great blessing in obedience. Do you think that the, the Bible tells you to do stuff just because it, God wanted to be mean to you? Do you think that, or do you think that the things the Bible tells you to do are so you can get blessed and have a better life? There's nothing in there that God, well, I think I'll say this just to see if they'll actually do it. <laughs> no. It's all in there so we can live a better life and have the blessing of God. Even if there's things that, that, that rub me the wrong way, even if there's things in there that go against the way that I've been doing it every time, this is right. And I am wrong. I have to change because this is not going to change. Have you found that out? That, that it, this isn't changing. Why is it not changing? Because it doesn't need to change. It's perfect. It's perfect. Hebrews 13.8 says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That's an incredible statement. That, and you've heard that a lot, so it may fly over your head. But, but think about that. Jesus Christ is the exact same. Yesterday, today, and forever. Jesus is the exact same as he was in 1640. He's the exact same as he was in 100 AD. He's the exact same. He hasn't changed a bit because he doesn't need to. And so, who needs to change in this relationship? We do. We do. Because he's perfect and we're not. And his ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. And sometimes his ways don't make any sense to me at all. There are some things in there that I'm like, okay, you said to do it, so I'm going to do it. I don't fully understand that, but I know I better do it. And and you may come across stuff in the Word of God where, well, I, okay. But God's saying, just listen, trust me. Just do it. You'll find out it's for your good. It is for your good. You know, sometimes you explain stuff to your kids and they just flat out don't get it. But, like, trust me. I have found out you do not stick a fork into the light socket. Okay? Just... Take my word for it. I know it doesn't, it, it makes no sense at all right now, but listen to me. Don't do it. You'll find out why later. Just trust me. Or, or whatever the case is. But, but God's, He's a, He's a father. He's our parent. He's our dad. And sometimes He's telling us stuff and we're like, well, but why? I don't get it. That doesn't make any sense. Just trust Him. You'll find out later. It's all for your good. It's all to give you a better life. It's all so you don't fry yourself and electrocute yourself and blow yourself up. Listen. Just obey and you'll find out. Amen. And so there is blessing in obedience. And I want to show you, we were already there. James 125. Let's slip back there. James 125, because there is always a reason for obeying God's word. And there's always a blessing. And, you know, I see a lot of frustrated Christians. I see a lot of people that, you know, they're wondering, well, why is this going on? Why is that happening? But a whole lot of the time, a whole lot of the time, it's because you're not actually doing the word that you know. A whole lot of the time. That's why maybe you're not getting anywhere. You're not moving forward out at all. You're not, you're stuck in the same place. Well, maybe it's because you haven't been a doer of the word that you already know. And so James chapter 1 and verse 25, we just read this. It says, but if you look carefully into the perfect law that sets you free, and if you do what it says and don't forget what you heard, look at this, then God will bless you for doing it. That's about as black and white as you can get. I don't. How else more plain could you say it? 
if you do what God's word tells you to do, God will bless you for doing it. God blesses obedience. God blesses obedience. And I don't only obey him just so I can get his blessing and just get his stuff. I obey him, first of all, because I love him. Because Jesus said, if you love me, you'll obey my commands. So that's good enough reason right there if there was nothing else. But I have these promises on top of that that say God will bless you for obeying his word. Let me show you an Old Testament verse here. Isaiah 119. Some of you know this. Isaiah 119. Flip back there real quick. Who likes to have the blessing of God on their life? Anybody in here where you've had the blessing and you've not had the blessing? Is there anybody that has had both of those scenarios? Okay, I've had both. I, I've had seasons of, of the, the blessing of God. Then I've had knucklehead seasons where I took myself out of the blessing of God. And I can tell you now, I like living under the blessing of God a whole lot better than trying to live under my own blessing. Than trying to live under my own provision. Than trying to live under my own ways. God's blessing is a million times better than anything I could ever come up with. But Isaiah 119, in the New King James, it says, If you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. I like to eat the good of the land. Man, I had a ramen party at my house the other night. A whole, all we ate was ramen soup. And I'm telling you now, that's not the good of the land. That's, that's not bad. That, that, that's not good at all. I heard about one guy, he was so broke, he went to the ATM to check his balance and it printed out a receipt for ramen. Like, that's... That I just got to quit with the jokes. I got to quit with the jokes. Jokes don't work with me. But anyway, it says, if you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. But, but there's two qualifiers here. Because there's some people, willing has to do with your attitude. And obedient has to do with your action. And so there's a, there's a lot of people like, well, fine, I'll do it. I don't want to do it, but I will. They're obedient. And they'll drag their feet, kicking and screaming the whole way. I'll obey. I, I'll obey because I don't want anything bad to happen to me. And sure enough, they're obedient, but they were not willing. Do your kids ever do that? They only clean, they clean their room, but it's not because they're willing. It's because they, they did it because they knew that there would be very bad consequences if they did not, right? And that, I, and they were obedient, but their attitude and their heart was not right in doing it. But then we got some people, they're, they're, yeah, 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 of course, I'll, I'll do what it says. That's right, God. Then they don't actually do it. Right? Come on. Let's get real here. You know, Jesus, he told a story about, about two guys, two sons, and, and, and the dad said, hey, I want you to go out and work in the vineyard today. Then one son says, okay, dad, I'm on top of it. And he never went. And then the other son says, I'm not going to do that. But then he ended up going. Well, we've got these type of people in the world today where some people, they're willing, but they don't actually obey, right? And then we've got some people that are obedient, but they're kicking and screaming and fighting the whole You need We need to be people that are willing and obedient. You put those together, you eat the good of the land. What is the good of the land? That means God's blessing is on your life. And that's a powerful way to live your life, to live in obedience and willingness to God's word. So, again, what is the good of the land? I want to look at one last thing here tonight, and I want to show you a little bit of what the good of the land is. I want you to look at Deuteronomy chapter 28. 
Deuteronomy chapter 28. And if you're very familiar with, uh, with scripture, you know that this is, uh, the chapter that talks about what the blessing was for the children of Israel. It talks about the blessing and it talks about the curse for disobedience. Thank God that Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. So you can read about the curse, but really, uh, we've been redeemed from that. So thank God. Because the curse of the law was pretty scary. There was things like boils and all sorts of stuff. I mean, really, really bad, bad things for disobedience to the law. But I want to show you what the blessing to God's word is, to the law. Deuteronomy chapter 28, verses 1 through 13. Now, this is, this is the good of the land. This is the blessing. So Deuteronomy chapter 28, let's look here at verse 1. It it says, If you fully obey the Lord your God and carefully keep all His commands that I'm giving you today, the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the world. And so notice notice that this verse starts off with, this chapter starts off with obedience. If you fully obey. There's conditions. There are conditions to walking in the blessing of God. Because some people think, well, it's just going to fall down on top of me. No, you've got to do what God's word says to do. And so it says right here, if you fully obey, God will set you high above all the nations of the world. Verse 2, you will experience all these blessings if you obey the Lord your God. So say that with me. Obey the Lord your God. Your towns and your fields will be blessed. That's good news. Your children and your crops will be blessed. That's talking about your kids and your job, whatever your source of income is. That's going to be blessed. The offspring of your herds and flocks will be blessed. Your fruit baskets and breadboards will be blessed. That's talking about you've got enough food in your house. Who likes to have enough grub in the cupboard? Somebody? I do. That's a nice thing, man. It stinks to go in there, you know, and, and there's nothing there. That's a bad, that's not a good way to be. But it says if you obey God, don't worry about it. He'll make sure that the cupboards are always full. You've always got enough. Verse 6, wherever you go and whatever you do, you will be blessed. Think, think about that. Think about that. Don't, don't, don't just let that fly over your head. Wherever you go, whatever you do, you'll be blessed. Wherever and whatever. So where, where is it you work at? You know, maybe Fort Irwin or wherever it is. Listen, that's a wherever. You should be number one. You, you should be rising to the top. You should be blessed. What is it that you do for, for a living? What is it that you set your hand to? What is it that you do for fun? What, what, whatever and wherever, you should be rising to the top. And you should be so blessed that other people notice it. Because you're the light of the world according to Matthew 5. And you should stick out. We were just praying a little bit earlier in our, in our prayer meeting. And, and we're praying for families and households. And, and you know, I, I, I was praying and, and I spoke it out that, man, we are the light of the world. You want to stick out? You want to be a real freak? Have a healthy household. Have a family that loves each other. Have, have, have a stable home. You'll stick out like, like crazy, man, because that, that's the minority in 2019. That, that's a strange thing to see. But listen to me. If you've got the blessing of God upon your life, you will stick out, man. People will notice. And it promised us right here, if I obey God's word, wherever I go and whatever I do, I'm going to have the blessing of God upon it. I should rise to the top everywhere I go. 
everywhere. You, I mean, you may, you may think that's crazy, but that's not crazy. You should stink and rise to the top every job you have. And, and if you want to be a manager, that's fine. If you don't want to be, that's fine. But you should be the best. You should be the best. And people should look at you and say, man, that guy's got it. That guy is good. That guy is blessed. Thank you for your holy silence tonight. That's good. Amen. <laughs> That's some good news right there, man. That God said, wherever I go, whatever I do, I'm going to be blessed. And God is personally going to have my back. That is some good news right there. Verse 7. The Lord will conquer your enemies when they attack you. That's nice to have. Because I don't want to fight my enemies on my own. I want God to conquer my enemies for me. Whenever something or someone or some situation that is an enemy comes against me, I don't have to sit there afraid. I don't have to sit there and wonder what I'm going to do. God promised me he will conquer my enemies for me. They'll attack me from one direction, but they'll have to scatter from me in seven directions. What do you call it? That's called a butt kicking right there. They come in one door and you, you beat them so bad, they just got to run out any door or window they can get out of. They will scatter in seven directions. That's the blessing of God. The Lord will guarantee, say guarantee, guarantee a blessing on everything you do. Guarantee. God will guarantee his blessing on everything you do and will fill your storehouses with grain. The Lord, your God, will bless you in the land he is giving you. If you obey the commands of the Lord, your God, and walk in his ways, the Lord will establish you as his holy people as he swore he would do. Well, that may fly over your head, too. We said this morning, what does holy mean? Set apart. So God said, I will establish you as my holy people. That means God will establish you as the set apart people. So there's everybody else. But then there's those that God has set apart. The holy people. Well, I would never call myself holy. I, why not? God, God said you are. I mean, if, if you are, you are. Just be real with yourself. If you're holy, you're holy. That's not arrogant to say. We know you're righteous because 2 Corinthians 5 says you've been made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. But if you're holy, man... I'm not ashamed of that. That's good. That's fine. You're set apart. You are not like everybody else. Everybody else gets scared. Everybody else says, oh, it's flu season. Have at it, man. Step up to the plate with that flu. But we're not going to get it. We're set apart. We're holy. We're set apart. We're not like everybody else. We're weird. We're freaks. We're not like you people. We are not of this world. Right? Come on. You should be different. You're from some, you're from an entirely different place than this. Of course you're gonna be weird. Of course you're gonna stick out. Well, you know, they say that this is going around. Let it go around. It is not hitting this house. I'll tell you that right now. We don't get that stuff. We're set apart. Well, you know, they say that, that one in three children has this and, and, and the poverty rate in this city is this and fine, fine. But not for us. We're not like them. We're set apart. We're different. We're, we've been set apart. God established us as his holy people because we decided to obey his word. So, hey, we're not that that doesn't apply to us. Well, you're only human. Well, well, well I'm not only human. One third of me is filled with the Holy Ghost. One third of me is spirit. There's soul and then there's body. I am not only human. That's a part of who I am. But I'm spirit, soul, and then I'm, I've got a body. Yeah, but I am not only human. A third of me is absolutely Filled, filled to overflowing with 
the Holy Ghost. So you can say, well, we're only human. You may be, but I'm not only human. I am human, but I'm not only human. I've got the Holy Ghost living on the inside of me. Amen. And we're holy people set apart for him. He established us like he swore he would do. Verse 10. Then all the nations of the world will see that you are a people claimed by the Lord. And they will stand in awe of you. I want that. I'm, I'm sorry. I want that. I want all the people of the world to see that we're a holy bunch. And, they will, and they'll see the God's blessings on it. And they'll stand in awe like, man, this stuff just doesn't get to them. They, they, don't, they don't even get affected by this. That's God's will for your life. That people stand in awe of you. And it's not because you're so great. It's because your God is so great. That's, a, that's awesome. Verse 11. The Lord will give you prosperity in the land he swore to your ancestors to give you. Blessing you with many children. Anybody here got that? I know you do. This church reproduces babies like rabbits. Okay. <laughs> yeah. The go, right now the average thing is four. But anyway. Uh, but the Lord, he said he's going to bless you with a whole bunch of kids. Numerous livestock. Man, I love my livestock. Well, I don't have any yet, but I could. <laughs> and abundant crops. The Lord will send rain at the proper time from his rich treasury in the heavens and will bless all the work you do. Amen. You will lend to many nations, but you will never need to borrow from them. Hallelujah. It's great to be the lender and not the borrower. If you listen to these commands of the Lord your God that I'm giving you today, and if you carefully obey them, the Lord will make you the head and not the tail. And you will always be on top and never at the bottom. That's awesome, man. I, I want to be the head. I do not want to be the tail. I want to be on top. I don't want to be on bottom. Listen to me. That's the promise from God's word. If you carefully listen and if you obey what God's word said to do. So what are we talking about? We're talking about Jesus likes doers. Jesus, he, 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 he likes people that don't just hear his word, but actually do what his word says. He likes them so much that he's willing to bless everything they do. He's willing to bless them everywhere they go. He's willing to personally guarantee their success and their prosperity. He's willing to personally guarantee that you'll always rise to the top in every situation. That's how much Jesus likes doers. And if you look at that, some people would say, well, that's Deuteronomy 28. That's the old covenant, brother. Well, I've got even better news than that. Write it down. Hebrews 8, 6 says that we've been given a better covenant than this with better promises. And so don't tell me, well, that was the old covenant. Sure, sure it was. But guess what? That sounded awesome. But according to Hebrews 8, 6, I've got a better covenant established upon Better promises. So if God was willing to do all that for the children of Israel, what's he willing to do for a born-again, spirit-filled son and daughter, Christian of God? He's willing to do anything for you. That's how much he loves when we obey his word. And so that's my encouragement for us tonight. Don't just hear it. Start doing what it says to do. And you just watch God bless your life and rock your world. Amen. Let's go ahead and stand up together tonight. Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information, visit hdwc.org.